Come on, church. We got some joy this morning. We're going to worship the Lord with joy and praise. We're going to praise the Lord. You know that the Lord said, or Judah went first into battle. And Judah's name means praise. And we're going to defeat the army. We're going to defeat the enemy with our praise. With praise of our sickness. Praise. We're going to fight praise. We're going to fight um, sickness and depression and anxiety by our praise and our joy this morning. So y'all worship with us this morning. Yes, we're going to send confusion into the enemy's camp this morning.
like an ocean crashing over us this morning in Jesus' name. Joy like a river, joy like a fountain, joy like an ocean crashing over.
Come on, don't lose that. Come on, come on. If you're feeling something right now, it's his presence, so just let it be there. Come on, don't quit seeking him right now. Don't quit seeking him right now. Don't, don't quit worshiping right now. Come on, come on. show you just a little bit more. 
Just sit in that this morning. I'm going to ask you to open your heart this morning. Open your heart this morning. We're going to ask that he come and judge anything in your heart right now that does not line up with who he is and what his father thinks of him there's anything in your heart that thinks differently than how his father thinks of him compared to how you think of him we're going to ask the lord to judge that this morning
We're going to ask him to come in and come against anything that allows darkness in your soul. Anything that allows darkness in your heart. Let him come in and just bring light inside of you. Let his love pour into you this morning. Anything that says you're not a son or daughter than an almighty king. Let that be judged this morning. Just let him come in and love you. Because in his light is where everything comes from. That's where healing comes from. That's where all that comes from, is letting him in first. So just sit in that for a second. Because <laughs> some of y'all are your worst enemies. Some of y'all, you let your mind tell you that you're not good enough. For once, will you just let him do what he can do best, which is love you? Can you try to accept that in your heart this morning? That he loves you that much. Because mm. it'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change the way you move. Come on. Just feel his love this morning. Come on. Come on, Joe.
Come on, we come in here to worship him. And when we worship him with all of our heart, he comes down to give us an encounter. And that encounter will change your life if you let it. That encounter is what we're looking for. Because here's the thing, he is nothing but light. There's no darkness in him. So if you've always said, I'm scared of the Father, you got it wrong. Because there is nothing in him that can be dark. It's only light. It's only love. And he comes in to stir that in your heart this morning. Come on, let him stir it in your heart. Come on, if he's touching it this morning, come on, let's lift him up. Let's get a little louder in the house. Let's tell him how much we love him. Come on. Yeah, let it work in there. Come on. Come on. Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, man. Mm. Just feel what he wants to do. Just feel what he wants to do. Each one of us, we're all different. We all got to release something. We all got to let go of something. We're all tied up. There's something inside of us that's not lining up and you got to let it go this morning. Figure out what that is in your heart and your mind that's keeping you from going, you know what? He just loves me like a son or like a daughter, and he is all love. If there's anything inside of you that's questioning that, release it now. Let him have that. Watch how fast he swoops in. Watch how fast he comes and wraps his arms around you. Mm. He just wants to prove it to you. So we'll just surrender it to him this morning. Come on. Mm. Come on, holy. Yes, Lord. Come on, Father. You see the hearts and minds in this room. Yes, Lord. You know what everybody's going through, Lord. You know their good days, their bad days. Mm. So, Lord, I ask you to poke them right now. <laughs> Just prick their heart a little bit, Lord. Let them know you're here. Let them know you want to change the way they think. You want to change their mind about some things this morning. So, Father, just shift it right now, Lord. Shift every thought right now. Every thought right now. Come on. You want to pray, brother? Hey, listen, uh, church family, I just feel like we just need to pray real quick. I don't know. I feel it in my spirit. I just want to pray. I just want to go ahead and let, let's go ahead and start some spiritual warfare. If you don't know what that is, that means we're just calling on the light of Jesus Christ right now. It's nothing to be scared. No, no. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare that the light is in this place, God. I declare the love of God is in this place. God, I thank you that sickness has to go. I thank you that sickness has to go. I thank you that depression has to go. I thank you that sadness has to go. I thank you that anger has to go. I thank you, God, that every demonic spirit has to go in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare that Jesus is Lord. I declare that Jesus is King. Come on, Christians. Come on, church family. We declare that Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody say it this morning. We declare that Jesus is Lord. We declare that Jesus is Lord in this place. Oh, Jesus. We declare that you are Lord in our hearts, in our minds, in this place, in our communities, in our homes, in this state, in this region, in this country, in this world. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord, Jesus. Who, who can come against our Lord? 
God is for us, then who can be against us? Come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Oh, Jesus. God, I declare. God, I ask that you would light a fire in our bellies, God. Oh, Jesus. I ask that you will light a fire in our bellies, God. God, we want to burn for you. We want to burn for you, God. God, we declare that in this house we will worship you and we will love you and we will be grateful for you and we will thank you all the days of our lives, God. You alone are holy. You alone are good, Father. Oh, you alone are good, Father. Good, good, Father. We worship you, my God. Oh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Oh, we worship you, God. Oh, El Shaddai, he who destroys our enemies. God, I declare that the light has come, that the kingdom of God is in this place. Oh, God, we rebuke the darkness. We say, fear, go in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody open your mouth and say, fear, go in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody open your mouth. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Come on, people of God. People of God, you need to open your mouth this morning. Come on, you need to declare with your mouth this morning. Somebody say, God is good this morning. Come on, Jesus, we love you. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I refuse to wait for something amazing to happen to bless my God. Come on this morning. Bless your God. Father, you're so good. You're so good, Father. God, we just love you this morning. God, we declare that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. There is nothing and nobody greater than you, God. I thank you that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every knee must bow. Cancer, you bow in the name of Jesus in this house. Fear, you bow in the name of Jesus at this house. Sickness, you bow in the name of Jesus in this house. You have to go. There's no room for you here. We declare the kingdom and the government of God is here. And so every other government has to go in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, woo, come on, let's go one more time. <laughs> if you believe that this morning, if you believe that this morning, if you believe that this morning, come on, let's worship. Let's go one more time. We're an army dressed for battle. We're going to take the land, take the land. You're an army dressed for battle. Yeah. You're an army dressed for battle. You're an army dressed for battle. We're going to take the land, take the
on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on, you mighty warriors in the house. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, come on. If God's touching you this morning, get your hands in the air. Come on. There it is. There it is. There it is. Come on. Look around because I see a lot of hands in the air. So that's your challenge this morning. As we swap this up, as we move on, I want you to look around. Go find somebody with their hands up and love on them a little bit. Come on. We'll be right back. We love you guys.
since you want the mic all the time. I love it. I love it. Hey, guys, real quick, um, if I can get your attention, um, this special person right here uh, just had a birthday. So we just wanted to honor you this morning by, by, by doing it. Can we sing them happy birthday? I love that song. There's some other people who had birthdays too, and we love them too, but, but, but we're going to sing happy birthday for Kevin. And so we got a special Stenard way of singing happy birthday. Okay. Uh, the Stenard way of happy birthday means we just sing any way you want, as loud as you want, whatever you want to say. Doesn't have to be in tune. It doesn't have to be anything. It just got to be annoying. Let's hear all the music. All right. So, so that's what that is. It's just annoying. When we do it in a restaurant, people really don't like us. But we made a point to make sure that it's annoying and it's fun. So, with that being said, I'm gonna be on the mic, so it might get really loud in here. Uh, but we just want to sing Happy Birthday to Kevin. You ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you, Kevin. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Kevin. Oh, happy birthday to you. Yeah. All right. If that didn't wake you up, nothing's going to continue to sleep. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I am DJ Long, my wife, Jules. We, we love y'all, and we get the honor to pastor here. And, uh, man, we just love this family, y'all. So uh, how awesome is it we get to meet on a Sunday and do this? I mean, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, love the joy. Love the love in the room. It's so awesome. So thank you for being here. If you are new, do us a favor. Fill out a Connect card. Fill that out. Uh, make sure you put the information on there so we can reach out, talk to you, give you a shout. Miss Rhonda loves talking to people, so she likes to do all that. And if we can pray for you, we'll pray for you. We'll answer any questions. But we can't do that if you don't fill out a Connect card. If you want to know where that is, it's either online or you can get one out at the, the wooden desk in the foyer before you leave. Please take some time and get that. If you want to know about everything going on here, uh, then uh, go ahead and download the app or go online. <laughs> There's a lot of information out there, so please, uh, you can go to the gathering place. Uh, it's actually tgpmillbrook.com or the old website, which was destinychurch.al. It'll both take you to the same place until we get everything isolated. So um, welcome to the gathering place. So uh, real quick, uh, I want to talk about this morning. We had an awesome kingdom class, uh, Christian and single. Come on, Christian Mingle. It was awesome. Um, if y'all missed it. If y'all missed it, it's your problem. It was really good because I taught it. <laughs> Might need a part two because we didn't really get through everything, but it was really good. Uh, I appreciated it. And uh, um, next, next week we have, let's see who's up, the Holy Temple next week, Fitness and Nutrition with Brother James. Look, he's a personal trainer, so come ready. I think we got to wear our, our gear. <laughs> I don't know what kind of class it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be like exercise class, but... Uh, James is going to be teaching that. I'm excited uh, over that. Taking care of our temple, y'all, that's important. Because God wants us here as long as we could possibly be here. <laughs> he gave one thing for us to manage. That's this thing. All right, so we got to do a, a better job at managing what we have so that we can be here longer so we can continue to change the world because that's what he asked us to do. So take care of our bodies. Be there next week for that. That's going to be awesome over in the annex, 9 o'clock. Uh, Angel Tree. 
We got our angel tree out there. Look, if you're a family in need through the holidays, um, that is not the correct email address. So it is info at, de- uh, info at destinychurch.al. Please get that information out there. Um, and if you could, if you need help with this, we have intake forms. The deadline for that's going to be the 13th of November. So please um, get that turned in. And like I said, if you need help through the holidays, we're here to help. And we want to make sure you have everything you need. So um, that, hey, whoa, what, what just happened? Like my voice is carrying now. You guys hear better now? I don't know. I'm losing my voice. I did a lot of screaming yesterday. I don't know why y'all laughing. We had worship night up in Jasper, and we were worshiping in Jasper all night, so I don't know about y'all. I know what I worship. Just calling y'all out. You're all, your head went somewhere else. As soon as I said my voice was hurting because I was screaming. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk. In the name of Jesus. I rebuke any other team. No. <laughs> All right, Night of Worship's coming up. Uh, this is going to be on the 26th, so Night of Worship, be here. It's going to be a Wednesday night once again, so your kids, we'll have teens, we'll have everybody together. Uh, October 26th, right here at 6 p.m. It's going to be awesome. We always have food and stuff, too, so please come on out. Let's worship as a family. Amazing night, and it is a weekday, so you know we're not going to be here all night. See, if this is a Friday night, I'd be like, bring your sleeping bag. It might turn into a, a, a sleepover. <laughs> but on Wednesday night, we won't do that to you. I understand you got work in the morning. So, but it'll be a really good night. We're expecting the Holy Ghost just move powerfully that night. So we're excited about that. Uh, welcome centers on the 27th, the very next day. So uh, stay late so you can get up early and be there for our next food drop on October 27th, 7.30, right down here in Millbrook. Uh, it's right in front of the, the A-plus climate control storage facility so it's right next to air now right on main street it's awesome time so please get there uh we always have some people from the family there helping out but it'd be nice if we had more it'd be awesome if you can come down and spend some time i know it's in the morning so if you don't work a morning job come on down and and hang with us it'll be exciting we get to hand what we do is they bring in a tractor trailer full of food and then we get probably close to 200 250 cars that drive through and we get to separate all the food ahead of time then we get to hand it out as the cars drive through it's a organization we support okay as a church so we support them monthly so they can do this and it's absolutely amazing so uh come be part of what we're part of uh i'm excited about the last sunday of the month it's student sunday come on that's exciting y'all It'll be a special service on that Sunday. It's always awesome because the la- when there's five Sundays in a month, it's always a student Sunday. What that means is our students are in here. They are doing, you know, they're leading in worship. They're leading, you know, in serving. They're actually going to be bringing a word. It's going to be powerful. You can't equip them if you don't give them an opportunity to do what you're equipping them with. All right, and we believe as a family that we've got to equip them. We've got to give them an opportunity, and, and, and it's going to be amazing. So please get out here, support them, uh, and, and just be here. That's going to be a great Sunday, so I'm excited about that. I think that's enough. If I missed anything, it'll be out there on the website or on the app. Download it. So, Father, we love you, Lord, and I thank you. And, Father, right now I ask you to touch my heart. Father, let this morning be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So 
Yeah, we did have a really good night last night. We drove all the way up to Jasper in uh, our worship, part of our worship team. I won't say the whole worship team because we can't fit our whole worship team up there on the stage. So we had part of our worship team went up there and we got to worship. Uh, they're doing David's tent. So that is every day this week. It was Sunday through then and it's going to keep going um, through tonight. And then their goal, and it's going to be just worship. So they've been worshiping at night, all different churches coming in. So it was a powerful night, lots of words given. There was prophetic, there was all kinds of stuff going on, and, and our family got to be part of that, which is huge, um, because we're trying to change. This is, this is not a competition. This is kingdom. So it's all about doing things together with other families and just saying, hey, let's, let's do this together and let's reach people. So I guess they had to shut them down a little bit early last night. It was getting loud. They realized real quick there's a noise thing, I guess, on Saturday nights up there. I don't know. But it's a really cool place outside, and it was just awesome. So we had a good time. I appreciate everybody that drove up there and everybody that, that, that you know, just came together to worship there. It was awesome. So appreciate y'all. Um, we have been in a series on freedom, freedom in Christ. We've been walking through this for several, uh, for at least a month now. I think it's been at least four weeks we've been talking about it. And if you've been missing out on that, you can catch up online. But it's been basically about breaking off the spirit of religion, uh, about what been, we were taught as kids, what we were taught in grandma's church, all these things about who God is. Uh, and talking about freedom in Christ, living, living with that light inside of you, walking, you know, understanding that, uh, that, that his righteousness was given to you free. You don't have to earn it. Like you can grow in your understanding of how much is in you, but you can't get any more than what he already gave you. You understand? So that, that's huge. So understanding that, understanding that, 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 you know, Jesus, yeah, he is the light, but he also put the light inside of us. So now we can be the light. That's that. That, that radiant light is the light that gives off light. So everywhere we go, darkness can't be there. It's understanding that. And we're starting to see that happen in everything we do. Where's Carmen at? Where'd Carmen go? She went out there. She, her, her, her brother, just so you know, who was laid up in the hospital and on a ventilator and, and they had to, to put him down under, uh, he, was, he was just out. And they said, we don't know if he'll wake up. Then they had to transport him for, he's going to be in the hospital for over a month. And now he's off everything way before that. And now he's writing things. Look, and it just took believing. It took believing. Yeah, we, everybody's been praying for him, but it took believing. You can pray all you want. If you don't believe what you're praying, it ain't going to come true. You got to believe it, y'all. And, and that's what this is about. It's, it's saying we can walk in and people can get healed. Last night it broke out. There was healing last night breaking out. And we're just like, hey, raise your hand. And we just walked around and started praying for people and people getting healed. And I'm like, come on. That's what this is about. It's understanding. When, it, when you get that in your heart, when you get that in your soul, when you start understanding that in your mind and you walk around with that kind of authority, man, it's fun. Like, it's fun. Like, when, <laughs> like people start thinking like, oh, it's the weird guy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Like, could you walk around with the freedom knowing that nothing's, nothing's going to mess with you? It doesn't have a right to. The only thing that has a right to mess with you is the stuff you let in. I'm serious. And this is what we've been talking about. So uh, living by the Spirit, allowing the Holy Ghost to just guide us and lead us. Um, and because of that, we're seeing that fruit. We're seeing things. Okay, so uh, I had an opportunity, um, you know, uh, this beginning of the month, we always go down to the Wilderness Society uh, in Mobile. Now it's in Mobile. It used to be in North Carolina. Um, and, uh, we got to go down there and, um, uh, Damon Thompson is down there. He's heading this up. So they do a leadership thing. I've gone twice. Um, but it's so powerful because he, he'll speak some stuff. Like if you've never listened to him, like he'll blow you. Like, I don't know. There's just some stuff that 
it's mind-boggling. He's really intelligent. And so, you know, me sitting in front of a bunch of intelligent people, I'm like, can you say that again? We got time to talk about that one more time? Like, can you restate that? But either way, I do pick up some nuggets once in a while. And, uh, you know, it, and it's kind of the, the low-hanging fruit for me. I'm like, whoa, that was good. I need to grab that. And uh, he spoke something to me. And I've mentioned this before, but I really felt all week long that, that I was supposed to go back into this today. So I really want to cover it a little bit more because I think I talked about it on Tuesday. Tuesday, we did a, a leadership um, Tuesday at the table. Did anybody come to you guys like that? Come on, that was really good. Um, that's fun. So don't miss out on that one again. That's fun. We just get to sit here and talk, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but I think I mentioned some of this in there too. Uh, and, and it was about, you know, he had mentioned slightly that we need to redream. And I talked about it in here, I think, before, but redream. And it really got me. It kind of hit my heart because I was like, redream. And then he said, not like come up with another dream, redream the stuff that God put in your heart before. And I was like, okay. So God puts on, and it, I was stumbling on that because I'm like, I don't know, like, I write stuff down. I'm like, I've been dreaming about stuff. I, like, like, I think I'm pretty sure I've been praying about all that. I'm pretty open mind to it. So I was struggling with it. And then last week when Holly Bandy came in with the blankets and she said, hey, these blankets are for homeless people and they're, they're, we're gonna go down to Montgomery and bless them and they're gonna be moving the Salvation Army and closing the Salvation Army. And that's the place where they go to get food and that's where they get to sleep and everything. He just started busting on my heart. And it was that moment that I said, oh, wow. Like, I remember what you put in my heart years ago. And it was so powerful because he showed me visions. Who here, anybody here get dreams, visions? You know, that's normal. Like, for some people, that's normal. It's normal for me. I can't, like, I hear words, but I get really visions. And that's what he shows me. Like, he showed me this place, and he showed me everything there. But he showed me a homeless village. And this is what he put on my heart years ago. And I talked to people about it. I talked to Brother Boba. I talked to everybody about it. Because I'm like, you know, when you get a hold of something, you're just like, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. And then everything in here took over. So the family took over. And my mind had to shift off from the dream that God gave me, right? And start focusing on the other thing that God gave me, which was I need to, 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 to be a father of a house and I need to pastor people and I need to be in here. So I didn't lose it, but I put it on a shelf. Anybody ever put a dream on a shelf? And this is what was happening in my heart all last week. Once she said that, I was like, oh, why do you have to tell me about that, Lord? So here she has to come up and personally tell me that they're closing this. And then all of a th it just started twisting in my heart about, about this homeless shelter and what he showed me. Because what he showed me was a village. Um, and it was a village taking care of people that were homeless. So talking about ministry, that's what ministry is. It's not handing out little flyers and telling people to come, come visit your church. It's actually going and changing lives. Okay, and that's what he showed me. And when he did that, you know, at that point when it happened, I said, yeah, we're gonna have doctors and uh, that'll go in and they're gonna get, this is what he showed me, vision of doctors doing all their stuff for free and, and dental. And then there was job training and there was everything. And I was like, Lord, thank you for showing me this. And you can imagine how overwhelming that can be. Because in my head, I'm going, okay, let's focus on that. Which if you're taking it on yourself, it can be a lot. But he says, it's not for you. He goes, I gave you the idea because you'll say yes. You don't have to steward the responsibility like that. Like he goes, it's my vision. I'm just looking for somebody to say yes. So it started breaking me down. And so I couldn't get it off my chest. I talked about it all week because when she said that, it just started redreaming stuff and starting to see this stuff. And even when we talked about it back then, I already had 
doctors coming forward that were in the church and they're like, hey, we want to do that. So everything was lining up then, but not everything was lining up. <laughs> you understand? We didn't have property then. We didn't have anything. But he showed me a vision. You know, sometimes God will give you a vision. He'll show you something to get you to start preparing, to get you to start thinking, and not really for you to be acting yet. <laughs> you know, so, so a lot of times we get something, we run into it. And he's like, I need you to sit on that for a second. Pray about that. Share it. You know, the, the power of a vision is sharing it. Because a lot of times you're just a piece of the puzzle, right? And God's trying to speak to other people. He's putting the same thing on other people's heart and he's waiting for everybody to get it. He's waiting for somebody to step out. He's waiting for somebody to share it. He's waiting for so something like that when he wants to do something big. But what dreams are on the inside of you that he gave you specifically? That because of what's been happening with your life, whatever's happened, going, you put it on a shelf. And you said, well, that's too big. See, here's my thing. If he came from God, if it's big enough for you to figure it out on your own and do it on your own, it's not from him. It should be impossible without him. That's a dream. A dream that he gives you is something that you can't do on your own. Because if you could do it on your own, then you can brag about it and go tell people how you did it. Right? But if it's on him, the only thing you can do is glorify him. That's how that works. You surrender to him. And then he does all that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean you don't take some steps. But man, when you just surrender to him, the load's off you and he just starts working in amazing ways. There's Carmen. How you doing? She's like, you just called me out for no reason. <laughs> we're talking about your brother. We were trying to share about that. Come on. We were talking about it. You were in here. Come on. Woo That's what I'm talking about. Mm. So good. So anyway, in Acts 2.17, touch on this just a little bit because this is important and, and they're really quoting this out of Joel, but it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Think about this. If you're dreaming dreams, and it says that, that, you know, it says this is in the last days, but think about this. If we're dreaming dreams and we're actually operating out of those dreams and he's moving the way he's supposed to be moving and sons and daughters are understanding who they are and they're operating in the authority they can operate in, that's why it's those last days. Because then all of creation is just waiting for that. All of creation is waiting for us to go, yeah, we can do that. If we just believe and walk in that authority, it can happen. So that's the cool part about that. So, so for me, that, that, this is where it's freedom to dream today. Okay, I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna release that on the house tonight. It's freedom to redream and to dream. Because some of you have thought, well, I don't know if that's truly from God. Start, start writing your stuff down. God gives you something. If you get a dream that's powerful and you're like, why would, why would I dream about this? Write it down. Because God might be speaking to you and telling you, no, that's, that's a vision that I gave you because you're gonna be a major part in that. He's looking for a yes is all he's looking for. Somebody to just walk forward in that. So today I want to release that on the house. Redream something he gave you before or dream something that he's never given you yet. And maybe he's tried, you just hadn't been listening. So maybe you need to posture yourself right. Maybe you need to get yourself in the right position for an encounter that's going to release that on your life. Because hmm. he wants to speak to us. <laughs> Papa wants to speak to you through dreams and visions. And that's huge. 
you just got to protect it a little bit. <laughs> you know, when you get them, remember who you're sharing them with. Are you sharing them with people that believe and that understand that? Or are you taking them to places where you're like, hey, man, what do you think about this? And they're like, that's stupid. You're like, okay. I mean, come on, watch who you share your stuff with. You have to share your vision, but man, you need to share it with the right people. Okay? You need to share it with the right people. And it should be impossible. So I, I want to talk a little bit. Mm, because I, I, it, it's, it's these dreams that are way out there, like I said. And, and I like that because I used to always think that, you know, that, that God would just give us something and we could just, yeah, that's cool. And we could all sit down at a table and we could plan it out. He's like, hey, Kevin, what, you, can, you can take care of this. And if you take care of this and Sarah takes care of this, you know, and, and Ann takes care of this, man, we, pretty soon we just all do that little part right there that we know we can do, man. We'll just have that done and we'll just ask God for another dream. And he's like, that, that wasn't it. You didn't get it. Because he goes, it's big. It's big. You know, I can share some of that because I even remember when I, when I, how big I thought it was when we moved into this building. And I walked around this building and he was showing me a vision of a campus. And I was like, that's weird, Lord, because I wasn't even the pastor. <laughs> I'm like, why are you giving me a vision of a campus? And there was all these trees out back that somebody else owned and all these buildings that somebody else owned. And we didn't own the building. We were renting the building. And he was like, here, man, we're going to have a campus. And, the, and I'm sitting there going, man, this is awesome. It was like a vision. I came back and shared it with the pastor. And I'm like, hey, this and, and, and they go, we had the same vision. You know, that's cool when someone goes... We had the same vision. And I'm like, okay, he's speaking to all of us. But theirs was weird because they said, we weren't in it. I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird that you guys weren't in it. Like, because uh, where are you going? <laughs> like, like, I'm here because of you all. So it was really like, so seeing that vision and then watching that after years play out to where all of a sudden we bought the property and then we, we bought the property behind. I'm sitting there going, and he's playing the vision. I'm like, and I, all we had to do about that was, was move in it and believe in it and pray about it. And things started happening. I mean, mm, it's so good. Anyway, I want to talk about Joseph a little bit. You've heard this story a million times, but it's so good uh, that we get to talk about him and his dreams. Uh, he, you know, God, if you read through the Bible, it's all about dreams. And I'm telling you, there's so many dreams and visions. You can talk about a lot of things, but that's how he speaks. Okay. This is how he speaks. So, uh, I want to pick it up in Genesis 37. I'm going to start in five. I'll probably read through 11. So Genesis 37, five through 11. And you know, Joseph, this is the, <laughs> he, he's the special one. Like he's the most loved in the family. I mean, he's the one with the robe. You know, it, 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 he, he's the dreamer. He's all that. Um, so he, he's talking to his brothers and he's talking to his dad, but he says, uh, pick it up in verse five. Everybody there? I love it when I hear pages flip. You don't even know. Like, that's like, that's like a string instrument. <laughs> hear that? Whoosh, people changing their, you know, I love it. I love it. All right. So it says, one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. There you go. Watch who you tell. <laughs> You're going to make some enemies really quick. They just want to make that point easy for you. He said, listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field trying, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundles stood up 
and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. <laughs> it's not saying that Joseph was probably the most humble kid. He already knew who he was. He was, he was, he was the daddy's boy. So he was probably, uh, I could imagine him saying that. I like the exclamation point at the end because that means he was making sure that was a good point, right? It says, his brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. <laughs> I want to go back to that because it just stood out to me right there. They hated him all the more. You know, sometimes people are going to hate you when you share a dream. They hate you before. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. They just didn't like you anyway. <laughs> so they didn't like you. You said something else. Now they don't like you even more. <laughs> even more. So your dream didn't change the way they thought about you in a good way. Just added to what they didn't like about you because he's speaking to you and not them. So his brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, his second dream now. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream. He said, the sun, the moon, even the stars bow low before me. <laughs> Because I want to take it up a notch. It wasn't just you guys. Everybody. <laughs> the galaxy, the cosmos, everything bowed before me. He goes, this time he told the dream to his father as well, to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I, will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. See, his dad loved him enough to go, there's something in that. You know, sometimes somebody will question what you do, but they love you enough to go, there might be something in that. We might have to think about that one a little bit. What does that dream actually mean? So, so he shares his dream. Nobody gets it. Nobody believes. In fact, they get more frustrated with him. Anybody been there? Come on. You know, and it starts from kids. You know, it starts from kids. You know, I remember, you know, having a dream to be a professional baseball player. And the first time you tell that dream to somebody, they're like, no, nah, you're not big enough, not fast enough. Your arm's not good enough. Forget it. You know, I remember saying that to an individual that played football. I'm like, dude, you're just not disciplined. Like when you got to do up-downs all day long because you don't get it in your head, what we're trying to tell you, that's not good. I remember saying that to a player. He now plays in the NFL. Yeah, for the Dallas Cowboys. I've not gotten tickets yet, so if you're watching. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, so we got to watch what we say about people's dreams. But you also got to be worried about who you share it with. And like I said before, here's the problem with this is that sometimes we get these dreams and like, I don't know what Joseph was thinking, but could you imagine what that felt like to get a dream like that and go, wow, my family is going to bow before me. Everything's going to bow before me. And then having to humble yourself, which I don't think it really says he does that. <laughs> so who knows what he acts like from that point on? 
You ever had that annoying little brothers? <laughs> what would that conversation be like every single day? Every single, like, dude, you're going to bow before me. I already told you. Sure, I'll take out the trash, but it's one of these days. <laughs> I'm going to clean the big bin one of these days. Just letting you know you're going to bow before me. <laughs> just a jab and after everything. I could imagine that. That's what a little brother does. After everything you tell him to, he's like, you can beat me up, but don't worry. One of these days, God showed me you're going to bow before me. <laughs> What I like about it, it doesn't say he forgot it either. So it doesn't tell you that. And what I realized is that most of the time he gives us something, he gives it to you, but then he actually has to give it to you in a time for you to prepare for it. That's why you can't jump right in. It's kind of like a slow cooker. Can't put the pot roast in the slow cooker and check it every five minutes might take a couple hours. I won't cook them in there, but I know my wife does, so I'm sure it takes a couple hours. I do know this, that it tastes good. <laughs> so let it cook. <laughs> let that dream cook a little bit and be prepared for it and see what happens with it. But when, but when he did, when he spoke that over me with, with the whole homeless village, you know, I shared it really quick with a bunch of people. It was on my heart for probably a good month straight. And, and I even got introduced to the people that did that for, I mean, I, I was really serious about it until it was almost like I was trying to take, make that a priority in my life and it wasn't time. So he just shifted my thoughts and everything to another spot. And that thing just got put on the side burner. Didn't go away. I mean, it went away in my thoughts and that's what can happen. You know, I wrote it down. It's in a journal. It's written down, but it left my mind. So therefore I wasn't pursuing it anymore, but all along God was pursuing it. All along, he was still connecting the dots behind the scene. Even though I wasn't actively doing it, he was putting that in other people. He was moving pieces. He was making people believe. He was moving things out of the way. He was scheduling a water park to be built in Montgomery. I mean, that's what's changing the whole structure down there, why, why that thing's going away. So it, it, you got to think of the stuff behind the scenes that we don't see right now. Because when there's no need for it, you go, huh? Like, like there's, there's places all over the place for people that are getting help and need help. So why would you tell me to do that? All right, so we got to make sure that, they, they, that, that you don't lose it, but you can put it aside. Or he's going to shift your mind for a little bit. So I want to go back to this. Joseph has two dreams. So he was 17 years old. You know how long he had to wait on that dream? 23 years. So God, and that wasn't even like one of those dreams that, I mean, granted, it sound, does that not sound impossible? <laughs> Tells this young kid who's 17 that everybody's going to bow down to you. So impossible. See, that's what, that's what that, let me define impossible for you. <laughs> that's what that is. Impossible. That he's going to be a king. And then he has to sit on that for 23 years. And it wasn't like he just got to sit around and go, oh, look at everything working out perfectly in my life. Everything is so awesome. <laughs> no, he's going through it. Like he's being sold into slavery. Like at what point do you just give up? At what point is it so bad that you just go, I'm done with that dream. It might've got me through a hard point because it took my focus off it, but I've been sold into slavery and now, now I'm doing this and now I'm in prison and now I'm, you know, all these things that came up in his life how close was he to saying, I'm done? 
Anybody been there? <laughs> Good, I'm not speaking to just myself. Because there's some things that I said I'm done to that I could have been just one step away from. And he could have said he was done all these times. And he's right there. But he had to stick it out. Hmm. Or maybe he even forgot a little bit. I mean, I just... What's your limit? What limit did you put on a dream? What limit did, did you put on to say, you know what? This is too much. Or I'll, if it doesn't happen in five years. Who does their five-year, you know, business plan? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> doesn't happen in five years is no good. No, 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 no. Why do we put a limit on it when he doesn't put a limit on it? Hmm. So don't get discouraged in a delay. That's huge. There's a delay for a purpose. That delay is to grow you. It's that delay is to, to mold you. It's to sculpt you. It's to get you ready for what he wants you to walk into. Don't get discouraged in that. But it's easy to. You got to keep refreshing your mind about dreams and even what he's done to you in the past and done for you in the past, and how he's gotten you through things in the past. I love testimony. That's why testimonies are so huge. Because every time you go, oh, I don't know if he can do it. Really? <laughs> but look at everything else he's done in your life. Look at everything else. You just got to redream it. What's that dream you left aside that you need to redream it? Don't lose faith in the promise. You know, 2 Timothy 2.13 it says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Isn't that awesome? That you can be unfaithful to a dream, and he's still saying, I'm still faithful. And if you just redream it, <laughs> I'll allow it to start coming together. Because what he gave you at first, you were the one link. You, you might have been the only piece of the puzzle when he gave it to you. And then you set it aside. He went out and got all the other pieces together. And now you're the missing link. And he's like, if you just redream it, it'll come faster. It'll be ready. I'm waiting on you. Come on, man. This is big. Because he's got visions and dreams. He's given that to us. Don't give up on that stuff. Ah. Oh. So how do you respond to these circumstances when they don't line up with your expectation? Test of your faith. How do you respond? Start complaining about it to everybody? Or you just go, nah, it's good. I believe. It just wasn't now. There is nothing wrong with it. It wasn't now. But we can't not believe. Not if he spoke it to you. If he spoke it to you. Hmm. So think about this, you know, for Joseph, he had, if he wasn't in prison, then he probably wouldn't have learned how to manage the way he managed the kingdom. He had to sit in that. He had to learn how to, to deal with people, people that he probably didn't want to deal with. All these things. I mean, all this ties together. He's just putting the pieces in behind, behind the scenes. And he's saying, I need you to go through this. I need you to go through this. I need you to go through this. Hmm. He's already preparing you for the future. And he's doing it right now. So imagine that, that right now while you're sitting here, 
It was just another little bit of something that he wanted to do in your life that's going to prepare you for something else. Everything is useful. Everything, he's going to use it all. So I watched a, uh, I watched a lieutenant colonel used to come to our church. And he said he was retiring from the Air Force. And I said, cool. He used to play on our worship team. I think he was on our worship team. He might not have been. We had, we had a couple of them up there. Um, but he came to me and said, yeah, I'm retiring. I said, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I believe I'm supposed to open up a, a, a pizza restaurant. <laughs> I'm supposed to make pizzas. I'm like, cool. I said, so what are you doing about that? He goes, well, I just applied for a job as a busboy because that was the only job open at the pizza place. I'm like, you're a retired lieutenant, lieutenant colonel from United States Air Force, and you go down and now you're busting tables. And then he went from busing to being a waiter, from being a waiter to working in the back, from working in the back to managing, to owning his own business. But that was what was laid out for him. That's what was available. So he took every opportunity he was in to be the best he could be in every opportunity and learn from everything that was happening during those times. He, didn't, he had to put his pride down, right? Humble himself and go, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, then I guess I need to learn from this. I need to learn from it. So maybe the job you have right now might not be the job of your dreams. But maybe God's saying, but you're here for a reason. I need you to get something. I need you to learn a little something. I need, I need you to understand a little bit of something about this because I got something so big that it's going to take all this stuff together with all that knowledge together for me to do something absolutely impossible. And he might not have given you the vision yet. He probably gave it to somebody else and you're just the missing piece. Man, this is good. Continue to dream, continue to chase it. And wherever you're at, continue to do what you're supposed to do and do it with all of your heart like you're serving him. And he's going to make ways with that. He's going to do things with that. He's going to open doors with that. Mm. So you have to be moldable. You got to be shapeable. You got to be willing to take feedback. You got to be willing to, to just, man, reach out and try something new. Don't wait on the, uh, the, the one job that you wanted to apply for. Sometimes you just got to get plugged in with some little ones. I'll share this because I don't know. Some of you probably heard this a million times, but some of you haven't. So that might be cool. And if you heard it a million times, just laugh when you're supposed to laugh. <laughs> you guys are so good. <laughs> so when I was, uh, when I first got saved, this is, this is when I get completely wrecked. One service, that's all it took. I'm like, I'm going this way. My wife and family going that way. One service, Wrecked. During that one service, I give my heart to Christ and I see my first vision of standing up on a stage preaching. And I share that with my wife, which is a funny topic at that point for us. And we, she laughed right there in the middle of the church. And I was like, probably a good idea because <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Impossible impossible. Like, so I took it. She's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm like, whatever. Put it in my back pocket. I said, that was weird. <laughs> Why would I see myself with a microphone in a church setting? 
I don't like church. <laughs> it's my first time really in a church. And I was like, people are weird. They're raising their hands. Everybody's jumping up and down. I don't know what this is. So it goes from that to trusting God. A year later, we get completely sidetracked in what we're doing there because they're going to uproot us. I came here through a leadership academy, whatever. They offer me a job. She doesn't like it here. She's crying. I'm just summing this up real quick. Don't want to move there. We're in Charleston, South Carolina, Somerville actually, but right outside of Charleston. She's like, I don't want to move there. Not a problem. I tell them I don't want the job, don't want to come here, and I go back home, and we find out that they're going to send us to Minot. Really cold. I'm good with that. I like hunting. I'm thinking, come on. Like, my wife says I'm not going. <laughs> I'm going by myself. My life just got turned around. I told God when he wrecked me that I would do anything for him if he could save my marriage. He saved my marriage. So I was like, well, I can't leave her on the side. You didn't save my marriage for me to leave her. So I said, what's the next option? I said, I can call them back up and see if they'll get me a job. They're going to have to get me out of a job, which is impossible. <laughs> but so I call them and they go, we work for the man. So we'll give you the job. And I was like, we got to sell our house. We'll give you a year. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. So we wait. And a year later, we come here. The first church we come to, the very first Sunday, like two days after we move in, was Destiny Christian Center, which is where this church used to be. This used to be Destiny Christian Center. It was just really big, right? A couple thousand people, a lot bigger, different pastor, everything. We just show up and I just start saying yes, saying yes, saying yes. All that being said, not knowing that this whole time God is just doing something. I forgot about my, I didn't care about my dream. That was way far behind. <laughs> like, like, I'm just trying to live life now. Now I'm trying to teach leadership. I don't like teaching. I don't like talking in front of people. <laughs> but that's how it was. I'm just telling you, that's how it was. I'm sitting here going, I can't believe I gotta go stand in front of people and teach. So for two years, he taught me that. And I had to teach finances and leadership which was exactly what, when it was time to leave, we prayed about, Lord, open a door. And when I said, Lord, open a door and close other doors, 30 minutes later, the pastor of the church, Destiny Christian Center, said, would you ever retire and come and run leadership in, in the finances in the church? And I was like, oh, sure. We already said yes. So I'm like, the answer is yes. If that's what God wants us to do, we're going to do it. The whole time, like I said, he didn't just take me from the dream and throw me on the stage. See that? He couldn't do that. He said, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you're clueless. You're not prepared. I didn't even pray for people at that time. Refused to. First staff meeting. Rick, I don't pray for people. Okay. Like 32 people in there. Hey, um, DJ, pray. I'm like, huh? I just told you. Like, I don't pray for people, especially pastors. That's how it works. He'll prepare you, right? He'll prepare you. He'll prepare you to be, man, not knowing that we're going to go through that, not knowing that through the hard times, after he leaves and we have to move and all this other stuff, that we get another pastor and 
And through those times, I'm like, I'm ready to quit. Like, I'm done. I'm done with ministry. Wasn't even in ministry. Wasn't even a pastor. But I'm like, I'm done. Spent. This is not what I thought it was. Lord, just open another door. And he was like, no, 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 no. I already opened the door. (laughs) I'm not going to open another one. That's not where I want you. And that led to this. Which in the long run was just a dream that I didn't want. I want want to clarify that. I had no desire to come up here and speak. I had no desire to hold a microphone. None. But he kept preparing people and he kept doing things and moving things. All in the background. And then he reminded us as we were praying over, are we really supposed to do this? (laughs) And he's like, well, there was this one dream that he gave me. Okay. I'm serious. This is powerful stuff to not forget that because I wanted to quit. And if I would have quit then, this would have never even been a chance. And when I think about that, I think about everything that's happened since then. None of that would have happened with me part of that. I wouldn't have been able to experience that. Would somebody? Yeah, obviously. I don't think God's, God's you know, vision is not going to happen. I really, I think if he had his way, he's going to make it happen. I think that he comes alongside us and says, man, I really got something for you. Like, Brandon, I got something for you, man. Like, come alongside me. And Brandon has a choice. It didn't change the outcome. God's like, I'm going to do this. And I want you to be part of it. And we got to make that choice of saying yes or no. What's that going to look like in your life? He did. Look at that. Unbelievable. He took me off stage. I love it. He's that good. He's that good. He goes, I can compromise a little bit. (laughs) But here's what you don't know. If you didn't hear the, I'm going to share this just because it's a good story. If you didn't hear about how we found this, this building, if you didn't hear all the story behind this, you need to understand the old church, the old property, really expensive, (laughs) really expensive. Like, like the, the, the campus was a $3.5 million campus that we paid $27,000 a month for. There you go. Just breathe that one in for a second. Not good. So when I came on staff, I didn't make a lot of friends. Because I didn't come with a ministry mindset. I'm sorry. God was going to use me the way he made me. He goes, I don't need a ministry mindset right now. I need somebody that comes in black and white and says, fix it. That's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. So I started slashing. I made a lot of enemies. People didn't want to talk to me. I cut budgets. I said, we can't operate in the red. Kingdom is not red. (laughs) Kingdom is green. It's green grass. It's flowing milk and honey. Come on. I was like, you can't do that in the red. So I didn't make a lot of friends. You had to let go of pastors. You had to cut positions. And the whole time I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do because we don't got no money. Like, we can't keep running like this. Credit card was through the roof. Properties weren't paid off. So what he, what he told me was, hey, um, I'm driving down to, I'm driving into work, and I'm really, we're on our, so what we did is this. We couldn't do it. So we called the company that owned uh, the mortgage, and we said, hey, we can't pay the mortgage anymore. Like, this isn't working. Like, we can do it for a little bit, but we're going to be done. And they said, we're going to send you a consultant and that guy's going to come in and he's going to show you how to make money in a church. 
There you go. That don't even sound right. And they're like, if you let him come in, he's going to show you how to make money. If he can show you how to make money and you make enough money, then what we're going to do in the meantime is lower your mortgage payment down so you can make it, but then we're going to raise it back up. That's what he said. And we're like, we'll give it a shot because we're, we want to do the best we can to be good stewards. Maybe God wants us there. That didn't work. <laughs> we decreased in size. And when you go from, you know, 2,000 members to seven, 800 members, that's bad. <laughs> Not bad for the family. I actually loved it. I got to know everybody. Financially, when you're trying to run an organization, if you ever dealt with budgets, that's not good. That's not good. So anyway, we're doing all that. It doesn't work. They go, you got to be out by uh, December. So December was our last month in that church. We had no place to go. At the time, we're going around. I'm looking at properties. I'm looking at empty warehouses. I'm like, where do you fit 700 people? Like, and why is this on my shoulders? Well, because that's what I was getting paid for. We got like trustees that were involved in that. We're all like, did you find anything? Everybody's like, what are we going to do? We looked at everything, nothing. I'm driving back, driving into work. I'm frustrated. We're selling the front lot because we had a front lot that we owed money on. And I thought, well, if we sell that, we can pay the IRS. Oh, yeah. You got to hear that one because the IRS didn't get paid. So we owed them like a hundred and some odd thousand dollars. IRS wants your money. And it's nothing against this. It was just missed stuff that all was building up in a church that nobody had eyes on and therefore it just fell apart, right? So all that happens. So I'm going in going, we got to sell the property. The guy that we're trying to sell the property, he's not selling the property. <laughs> he's not even giving me like information. Like we showed it 10 times, nothing. So God told me on the way in, fire him. I was excited. I get to fire somebody. I was really good at this. That's the one thing I knew how to do. I can fire somebody. I said, I'm going to call him up. And he goes, nope, you're not going to call him. You're going to look him face to face. That was even more fun. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm just trying to be honest with you. I was like, I want to look him in his eyes and say, hey, like, you're not doing your job. And because of that, I call him up. I was like, you need to come in the office. And he shows up at the office. And he walked in and I said, you're fired. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> like he started back, like he was charging us like 6%. I mean, he had this thing worked out. And so he was backpedaling and he says, what if I cut all this and I cut all this and I'm doing the numbers and I'm like, we still got to sell the property. So if you do all this and you do all this, I would love to work with you. So we signed a new contract. And as soon as we signed the contract, he goes, you know, anybody looking for a church? This is, this is one December. We have to be out at the end of December. I was like, what do you mean? Like a church? And he goes, like a church, a full church. One just came on the market. They were renting. The church that's in it is built the church. And I just took over that church to sell it. So do you know anybody trying to sell it or wants to buy a church? And I'm like, <laughs> I do. Like, how big is it? I'm thinking a little white church on the corner. It was this one. It was this one. Just came on the market. And I'm like, well, when can we move in? And he was like, well, if you buy it, you can move in at the end of December. Well, we didn't have money to buy it. I mean, I just told you we're broke. So all we had to do was have faith. God says, when we walk through it, I'm like, we're going to be here. Like, this is perfect. I just had to go talk to a pastor that I didn't know and convince him that we were going to rent it. <laughs> and it worked. And we rented it. And then we kept our faith. And we kept doing things. And then we bought it. And we bought the property around it. And so I'm telling you, we still owe money on it, but we did it. 
Like, he made a way because we kept saying yes. And we didn't give up. We just kept being faithful with it. And I kept listening. And it wasn't me. It was there. We had people praying. We had trustees working on stuff. We had elders working. We had stuff going on. But man, he is so good and faithful when you just listen to him and trust him. So it's just, I just wanted to share that because those are all what dreams are made of, visions are made of. They don't look good. They don't always look so easy. You can't always just walk in and go, oh, you mean just walk right here and it's all mine? He's like, no, 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 walk here all the way down there. I need you to go way over there. I need you to figure out a way to get, you know, to Canada. And I need you to walk down to, through Mexico, Panama Canal. Do me a favor, go down there. Um, come back. I'm sitting here going, are you serious? But we all think that it's, hey, here's your vision and it's easy, but it's not. You're going to go through times where he's going to test your faith. He wants to make sure. He's like, come on, are you with me? It doesn't look, look good, but man, I've got your back. If you keep saying yes, if you just keep believing in the dream, if you just believe what I told you I was going to do, I'm faithful. My word's faithful. I'll do it. And he's doing it. He's doing it. That's how we got here. I mean, that's pretty powerful. I don't know about you guys, but that's one of my favorite stories. I'm like, I'm like, he's so good. He is. That's what he does, right? It has to be impossible. Because trust me, when I was looking at our bank account at that moment, I was like, this is impossible. <laughs> I was like, like we're just going to have church out in the street. Which at that point, like, I could tell you guys, guys, we're going to meet outside. You guys be like, all right, cool. <laughs> you tell that crowd that we had back then, hey, we're going to meet outside. They've been like, see ya. <laughs> like, we want our coffee, our donuts, and we're going to need some air conditioning or some heat. Nothing against that. All those things are wonderful. They're just not mandatory. <laughs> so, all right, let's go back to this because I love this part in Genesis 42, 26 through 28. This is where he starts to see the fulfillment of the dream. Genesis 42, 26 through 28. It's just two, a couple little verses there. It says, when Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him so this is, so pretty much these are the brothers coming back. He's already told them, like they came to get grain. There's a, there's a, there, there's a drought. There's all this stuff going on in the land. So he's over the land because everything, you have to read the story. <laughs> Great story. Read the story. He's now over the land. People are bowing down to him. Dreams coming true. He's second most powerful person right underneath Pharaoh. Through all the stuff he went through, his brothers show up. He told them to go do stuff and they come back and they gave him the gifts they had brought him, then bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting him, he asked, how is your father? The old man you spoke about, is he still alive? Yes, they replied, our father, your servant is alive and well. And they bowed low again. That was his dream. He said, you're going to bow before me. You're going to bow before me. And if you look back at everything that was going on, everything that happened over the 23 years, he could have quit at any moment and missed that opportunity to see a vision come complete. But that's the problem. He just had the vision. He didn't know the outcome. He didn't understand that he was going to save a nation. That's huge. He didn't understand what part of the big puzzle he was playing. He stopped at, you're going to bow below me. You're going to bow before me. 
He didn't realize the part he was playing to save an entire family, like 70 people that all turned, just do the genealogy. It needed to happen. It needed to happen. So in Genesis 45, 1 through 11, I'm going to read through this real quick. It says, Joseph could stand it no longer. This is, this is while they were there. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. So now he's telling his brothers. Bye, Mama Rachel. We love y'all. <laughs> this is family, y'all. You get up and leave, we say goodbye. That's right. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> you don't even know. Anybody else want to leave? I'm getting to the good stuff. Just messing. All right. <laughs> oh, so he tells everybody to get out. And he says, so he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. He said, I'm Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Hmm. Don't be mad like you were before because it was a dream before and you hated me before the dream and you hated me after the dream, but now don't be mad at me because I'm here to save you. Come on. Ah. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. <laughs> Even though they sold him into slavery, he said, God sent me here. It's his plan, not yours. You're just a piece of the puzzle. You need to sell me into slavery. Thank you. <laughs> I said, thank you. You don't want to say. <laughs> thank you for doing that. Mm. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. He said, now hurry back home to my father and tell him. This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you, your household, and all your animals will starve. Come on. The dream coming true. Because he didn't give up. Like I said, how many times would you think in that story? You can go, go through and read it. It might take you 15 minutes. Read, read that whole story. You can hear every, it might take you long. I don't know. It takes me about 15 minutes. Read it. Powerful story to see everything he went through. And that's there to, to illustrate to you that you're going to go through some stuff. If you're really seeking God, it's not going to be easy. He's going to put you through some stuff because he loves you. He's going to prepare you for a vision and a dream he has to use you for. It's not going to be easy. 
And that's okay. You can make it if you don't quit. If you don't quit, you can make it. Make it all the way through. And his dream had purpose. He just didn't know the purpose his dream had. Maybe the whole time he was simply thinking, you're just going to bow down to me and that's all I care about. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it started coming to light. You know, I don't know what he was thinking the whole time, but I'm pretty sure at some point it started triggering where he was like, hang on one second. Pastor on a stage with a mic, what are you talking about? And he's sitting there next to the Pharaoh going, you mean like they're all going to bow down to me? <laughs> I heard this somewhere. I heard this somewhere and I never gave up. I never quit seeking. I never quit believing. Man, there's freedom in dreaming. There's freedom in redreaming. There's freedom in believing. We don't have to deal with all the stresses of what ifs and what not. Just believe them and go at it and seek it with all of your heart. Because man, he's ready to do something powerful. He's ready to do something amazing through us. He's given you vision. I wish I knew all the visions and dreams that he's given each one of us. I know the stuff in my head is... It's a lot. You don't want to know what's in my head. But we all have them. We're all thinking about them. We've all given up on something that we probably shouldn't have given up on. And he's standing beside you the whole time saying, I'm right here because I'm faithful. Like, why'd you give up so soon? And the good part is he's like, just raise your hand. Like, come on. Like, come on, I'm waiting for you. Like, I just stopped on you, but I started putting everything else back together. And now you're the missing link. You're the one. You're the one I'm waiting on to just say yes and start doing what I've asked you to do a long time ago. Look, he honors the journey, y'all. He honors that. So if it's been rough for you, it's okay. Doesn't mean that, that it wasn't painful. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It just means that he didn't say no to it. He didn't give up on you. It just happened to be the journey and he's gonna honor that journey and it's prepared you for something bigger prepared you for something. Why? Because all creation is waiting on us. That's it. Sometimes it starts with a dream and we got to start believing in that, believing in who we are, walking that out in our lives and letting him do what he wants to do. Amen. Amen. Come on. Oh man. Yeah. Come on. You want to play something, Chuck? Come on. I just believe I want to pray for this this morning and then I'll turn it over to Kevin because I know Kevin likes to talk. Here's what I know. I know there are a lot of people in here that have given up on some stuff. I've given up on stuff that I probably shouldn't have. And it's time to release that. It's time to re-believe in that, re-dream that. It's time to trust God with that. It's time to say, you know what, Lord? Take the wheel. Like, you go. You do it. Don't strive for it. Sometimes it's just walking in it. Sometimes it's just trusting him and having faith that you can walk in that. And he's got your hand and he's walking beside you the whole time. So I'm gonna pray for that inside of you. I'm gonna pray for you this morning for that dream to be revealed. If it's something new, then Father, come on right now. Right now, Lord, I just, I just ask you to reveal new things right now, Father. New dreams, new visions, Lord. Come on, those that haven't dreamed like that before, God, release dreams on them right now. Release visions on them right now. Come on. For those that have suppressed the dream for some reason, they forgot about it, they walked away from it, Lord, redream it. <laughs> Come on, repurpose it. Come on, get them fired up about it, Lord. 
Stir something in their heart this morning that just changes the way they think about what you want to do with them, through them. Mm. So, Father, if those dreams that they've been chasing came with pain, Father, I ask for healing over that. Father, I ask that you, you, you soothe the heart. Father, you bring comfort and peace. Father, but you guide us and you lead us. Hmm, come on, holy. What next big things are out there? <laughs> New inventions, witty inventions. What are those things he's releasing right now on you? Stuff that he put in your mind that you just thought it was impossible. And he says, that's for me. It's impossible to you, but it's not impossible to me. Hmm. Release it now, Lord. Come on. Come on, touch the hearts in this room. Touch the minds in this room. Come on, holy. Do what only you can do. Hmm. Come on, stir that fire up inside, Lord. Hmm. Father, we just love you. We love you, Lord. We thank you that we get to do this. And we get to be part of this. We get to see things happen and move. Father, we thank you that you chose us to walk this out. So just remove any blockage, any, anything there, Father, that's stopping our minds from thinking that it can actually happen. Don't change the impossible, but Father, change the way we think about impossible. <laughs> mm, come on, holy. Yes, Lord. Come on, we just love you, Father. We thank you for this. We thank you for the dreams. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we surrender everything to you. Have your way in this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. Kevin, you want to come close us out? Come on, I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Kevin will come close us out. And uh, excited to see what God wants to do. All righty. If you guys can go ahead and stand to your feet, we're about to head out. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you uh, that here at the gathering place, uh, we just love to give. And we believe that giving is a form of worship. Uh, it's a form of worshiping our God. And we don't give out of religion. We don't. <laughs> if this is your first time, second time, or maybe you don't even feel like giving, please don't. Don't give. It's okay. There's freedom in the house. Our culture is kingdom culture. We give because we love God. We give because we can't outgive God. We give because he gave first here in this house. And so that's why we give here. So if you don't have that heart, you don't feel like that, then don't give. But I pray that God would just absolutely bless you and that he would overcome you with goodness, that you would see his goodness in the land of the living that you would know that your Father in heaven, he who knows how many sparrows there are, he who takes care of the sparrows, he who knows how many hairs you have on your head, he loves you and he will take care of you. So God, this morning we love you. God, we give. We give because you gave first. You gave your only son 
to die on the cross for us. And God, we love you and we thank you. And we give with our whole hearts. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. And now, God, we ask that you would take us all safely home, that you would bring us back to wherever we need to go safely, God, that you would protect us, God, protect our routes that we take as we go to work tomorrow morning. God, would you be with us, God, in the name of Jesus, would your amazing voice be in our ears, God? Would you give us visions, Father, and dreams, God, in the name of Jesus, God? We release it in Jesus' mighty name, Father, and we thank you, and we we love you in Jesus' mighty name. And all his people said, amen, amen, and amen. I love you guys. Don't forget, if you need prayer, we have prayer partners. They'll be up here for you. You guys can come up this morning. And so don't leave without getting prayer. We love you. God bless you. And we will see you next week.